This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. The marquee lit up the summer skies of 1923. Not long after, things began to happen. On a street with no name in an all but forgotten town in the somewheres of America sits the old Bijou movie palace, long abandoned and left to the elements. Well, they knew the Bijou had been built atop the remains of the fire-ravaged Vickers Hotel, but the warnings went unheeded. Then there were the sightings, the child's apparition running up the stairs, and the woman in period clothing appearing on the balcony, reflections of faces in the poster display cases. But eventually, the tapestries faded and the coffered ceiling cracked. A cathedral to the sweetest dreams and darkest nightmares fell to pieces. But at night, if you listen, you can hear the bijou's projector being turned on and the audience settling in for another Midnight Matinee. It's Halloween in Portland, Maine, and from the safety of a public radio studio, the Rocky Coast Radio Theatre is about to premiere a tribute audio drama to Stephen King, only to find themselves besieged by... the undead? From Anthony Marino, The Horror of Walker Point. And what's a feature without a short? We open with The Cremation of Sam McGee by Robert W. Service. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake LaBarge. I cremated Sam McGee. Now Sam McGee was from Tennessee where the cotton blooms and blows. Why he left his home in the south to roam round the pole, God only knows. He was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell. Though he'd often say in his homely way that he'd sooner live in hell. 
On a Christmas day, we are mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold. Through the parka's fold, it stabbed like a driven nail. If our eyes we'd closed, then the lashes froze till sometimes we couldn't see. It wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed and the stars overhead were dancing heel to toe, he turned to me and, Cap, says he, I'll cash in this trip, I guess. And if I do, I'm asking that you won't refuse my last request. Well, he seemed so low that I couldn't say no. Then he says with a sort of moan, It's a cursed cold, and it's got right hold till I'm chilled clean through to the bone. Yet taint being dead, it's my awful dread of the icy grave that pains. So I want you to swear that foul or fair, you'll cremate my last remains. A pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started on at the streak of dawn, but God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched on the sleigh, and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And before nightfall, a corpse was all that was left of Sam McGee. There wasn't a breath in that land of death, and I hurried, horror-driven, with a corpse half-hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. It was lashed to the sleigh, and it seemed to say, You may tax your brawn and brains, but you promise true, and it's up to you to cremate those last remains. Now a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were dumb, in my heart how I cursed that load. In the long, long night, by the lone firelight, while the huskies, round in a ring, howled out their woes to the homeless snows. Oh, God, how I loathed the thing. And every day that quiet clay seemed to heavy and heavier grow. And on I went, though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad and I felt half mad, but I swore I would not give in. And I'd often sing to the hateful thing, and it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake Labarge, and a derelict there lay. It was jammed in the ice, but I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it, and I thought a bit, and I looked at my frozen chum. Then, here, said I with a sudden cry, is my crematorium! <laughs> Some planks I tore from the cabin floor, and I lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found that was lying around, and I heaped the fuel higher. The flames just soared, and the furnace roared. Such a blaze you seldom see. And I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal, and I stuffed in Sam McGee. Then I made a hike, for I didn't like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled, and the huskies howled, and the wind began to blow. It was icy cold, but the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why. 
and the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down the sky. I do not know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear, but the stars came out and they danced about ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll just take a peep inside. I guess he's cooked and it's time I looked. Then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm, in the heart of the furnace roar. And he wore a smile you could see a mile. And he said, Ooh, please close that door. It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plumtree down in Tennessee, it's the first time I've been warm. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake Labarge. I cremated Sam McGee. The award-winning London After Midnight is now available for purchase as an ad-free binaural digital download, as a Dolby Atmos digital download, and a two-disc limited edition vinyl record album. Plus, we've taken the London After Midnight audio script and production notes, combined them with a novelization of the original story, and are making that available as an official collection. But you can only find the downloads, the album, and the script and novel collection at www.londonaftermidnight.co.uk. Please don't make us call the man in the beaver hat. Okay, guys, guys, hey, we're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling, shush. Our next vignette of delightfully murderous mayhem and suspense is entitled The Horror of Walker Point by Anthony S. Marino. It is a dark tale of deceit. What? 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 Hey, uh, shh, quiet, quiet. Uh, Jimmy? Bill? Yeah. Yeah, we have a problem. Did, did you get that noise? 
Uh, yeah, we picked it up here what, in the What building. is it? Uh, do you know what it is? Is I have it? No idea. It's definitely somewhere outside the building, but I don't know what it is. Uh, okay. Well, oh gosh, there's some sirens and everything. Uh, well, no, no, it'll go away. It'll go away. Just hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, okay. Well, hey Jim. Yeah. Can we uh, just uh, pick it up at the beginning yep, let's pick and cue up, uh, up the music and uh, um, and we'll just we'll just uh, pick it up again. Uh, okay. Uh, let's take it back. Fine. <clears throat> okay, we're gonna just start uh, pick it up at the beginning. Okay, everybody. So nice and quiet. All right. next vignette of delightfully murderous mayhem and suspense is entitled The Horror of Walker Point by Anthony S. Marino. It is a dark tale of deceit, betrayal, revenge, and let us not forget, delicious horror. <laughs> Join me now, dear listener, as we explore the lives of two young lovers. Uh, what now? Uh, sorry for the interruption. What? Well, this is pretty serious. We have to hold production for a bit. What are you talking about? What's going on? We've got to get this down. I mean, I'm... We have a situation. Yeah, but we're live here, Jimmy. I mean, uh... <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I do apologize for this interruption. I... I'm not sure what's going on, but... I've got the mayor of Portland in the booth with me. She knows we're live and we're broadcasting right now. She said something about an accident and she needs to make an emergency announcement now. Right. Okay. Some other people with her, one in uniform, they say it's an emergency. Sorry, that's all I know. Okay, um... All right, guys, we're just going to hold... No, 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 we'll just hold... I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I do apologize for the interruption in our regular programming, but it appears as if there is some kind of breaking news, and the mayor needs to make a special announcement. Okay, Jimmy, uh, bring her in. Uh, one moment, please, folks. Oh, uh, uh, pleasure to meet you, Mayor. Uh, Bill Dufries. Mr. Dufries. Uh, uh, that's uh, Dufries, Ms. Mayor. Oh, sorry, Mr. Dufritz. Close enough. Well, you guys, shut up. Forgive me for the interruption of your radio show. But something has come up down in the harbor by DeMillo's, and I need to make an emergency announcement to the general public. Yours was the closest radio station broadcasting live at the moment. May I proceed? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, um, ladies and gentlemen, if I may, the mayor of Portland, Mayor Stark. <clears throat> Good evening, citizens of the greater Portland area. I come to you tonight with a pressing emergency announcement. It seems that there has been a maritime accident in Portland Harbor of very serious and potentially dangerous consequences. The accident involves a naval barge and a trawler out of Casco Bay. We are now... I'll take it from here, Mayor. This is Rachel Breyer, Assistant Press Secretary to the President of the United States. With me is Colonel Dixville of the U.S. Army and Dr. Nigel Whitaker, special liaison in charge of biological research for the National Security Agency. As Mayor Stark has previously stated, there has indeed been an accident in Portland Harbor. Oh my goodness, you can see it all from the window. What? what? Oh my God. what? Look, Look at that! 
I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I, I'm gonna go. Just call. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're scheduled tomorrow. Excuse me. Yeah, I understand. No, just. Uh, okay, guys. Yeah, uh, tomorrow. I'll call at ten o'clock. Ten o'clock rehearsal. Yeah. I know. I know. I understand. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. They're just going off to their families. Um, I'm sorry, Miss Breyer. Carry on. At 8.23 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the U.S. Naval vessel Victory was involved in a collision with the trawler Mary Ellen out of Casco Bay. The collision was caused by lack of visibility in the harbor and pilot error on the part of the Mary Ellen. She evidently was attempting to come into the harbor under visual navigation, not with the assistance of radar and sonar. The collision between the two vessels resulted in a massive explosion both the Mary Ellen and the Victory have sunk in Portland Harbor. All hands aboard both vessels were lost. Oh no survivors. Attempts are being made to recover the bodies of the sailors as we speak, and the Coast Guard is on scene. From our vantage point, we can monitor the recovery operation. Yes, I can see the Coast Guard now going through the debris. Oh, yeah. In the wake of the collision, it has come to the attention of the U.S. military and the White House that the naval vessel Victory was carrying a number of metal canisters containing potentially lethal biological experiments. What? These canisters were not listed on the Victory's cargo manifest. Unfortunately, the canisters are the focus of our concern and the reason for this emergency announcement. That being said, here is Dr. Simon Whitaker of the NSA to explain this grave situation <clears throat> in more detail and to also advise the residents of Portland. Uh, right. My name is Dr. Simon Whitaker. I am, or, or shall I say was, the lead researcher in a special program sponsored by the NSA called Phase 2 MKUltra. It, simply put, the purpose and mission of Phase 2 MKUltra was to discover a way in which to manipulate the secrets of the recently discovered DNA gene code and to reconstruct newly and artificially evolved strands of DNA. Uh, uh, excuse me, Doctor. Uh, you're not talking about cloning sheep or plants, are you? No. This new DNA could be injected into a subject where it would automatically begin to rewrite the existing genetic structure with the newer structure supplied by us, much like a computer software upgrade, hence Phase 2 MKUltra. These new altered genetic codes would, in theory, rewrite a person's personality, brain function, or physical attributes. Well, you, you, you mean you could do all this stuff just by moving a few strands of DNA around? Actually, yes. We could make a person act differently, increase intelligence, change their appearance, and yes, I will publicly admit, control their minds. The subjects were unknowingly given large doses of the drug, Unfortunately, we also failed with Phase 2 MKUltra in our objective to achieve any level of beneficial genetic manipulation. And these failures were simply horrifying. We created atrocities that will be forever etched into my nightmares. And the government knew what you were up to? No, not at all. We attempted nature's work, but only succeeded in creating a strain of mutant viruses that seemed to be immortal as well as horrifyingly lethal. Immortal? What? Extreme heat only made it reproduce faster. Frigid cold made it stronger, and there was no known antidote that could kill it. It can only be contained by one thing and one thing alone. High pressure. 
The pressurized metal canisters aboard the Victory contain all of the remaining strains of Phase II MK Ultra. Any exposure to these canisters by the general public, especially if they're damaged and leaking, will have devastating consequences. Oh my God. Uh, Bill, yeah. sorry. The phones are going crazy. Everybody wants to know what's going on and what to do. Uh, yeah. Channel 6 and 8 are here, too. What? Uh, oh, okay, uh, hang on, Jimmy. Uh, just keep the press out for now. Okay. Uh, doctor, everyone that's listening must be panicking. Uh, what will exposure to this, this MKUltra do if someone comes in contact with it? Exposure to Phase II MKUltra will result in the subject's genetic code being totally rewritten at an astonishingly rapid rate. Depending on the lot number which is printed on each canister, it's hard to guess really, but Overall, the subject will experience a series of physical changes which in theory would normally take thousands of years to accomplish. Exposure to the virus accelerates this process to an unbelievable rate of less than three minutes. Three minutes? Yeah, the human body, of course, can't possibly handle this rapid chain of events. What, what kind of chain of events are you really talking about, Doctor? Nightmarish. Limbs will begin to grow abnormally. Faces will mutate into ghoulish deformity. Chest cavities will expand like a balloon and possibly burst oh, while the subject oh. is still conscious. Sanity will be lost. Any resemblance to a normal human being will be unrecognizable. What you will see will be a vision from hell itself. Oh my goodness! What have you done? There's one more thing. What's that, Dr. Whitaker? Human experiments rendered each subject Cannibalistic. Oh, uh, what? Are you, you gave this to people? Yes. To patients from a sanatorium in Boston. It was given to people that had no relatives. Patients that were essentially invisible and cast off by society. God forgive us. And they became cannibalistic? Yes. After mutating, they simply ate each other. Oh, no. you've created yeah. zombies. Oh. That's it! That's what you've done! You've managed to create real zombies! Like in a bad B-movie! That, unfortunately, would be a correct analogy. And you brought this to my city? And now this stuff's floating around my harbor? Yes, but I... And if those canisters are opened, the citizens of Portland will mutate into horrifying, dead, yet living, Cannibals? Yes. Exposure to the virus, or from a wound or bite from one that has been mutated, will be, in short, a three-minute death sentence. But and I... what do you propose we do now, Doctor? That's quite enough, people. Let's keep our wits about us, shall we? <clears throat> the army's on it. If we panic, the city panics. Uh, this is Colonel Dixville of the U.S. Army. Citizens are advised to stay indoors. Lock all possible entrances and exits. If you have the materials, tape and seal all possible areas that may allow airflow into your premises. Army Special Forces landed earlier at the Portland Jetport and are on the scene now. There is no cause for panic. I, I can see the helicopters over the harbor now. Wow, they have their searchlights on. They are attempting to recover the canisters. Citizens, be advised that these canisters are the property of the U.S. government and are not to be touched by anyone except local or government experts. If you come across a canister, call the Portland Police Department. They will work in conjunction with the Army and HAZMAT to expedite the recovery of the canisters. Bill? What, uh, what do you got, Jimmy? I've got Keith Longhall of Maine Public Radio on the line. R what? He said he was down in the old port doing a story from Maine Things Considered. 
He went to call in his piece from Brian Baru when he heard about the accident. Then he noticed a guy at the bar holding one of those canisters. What? He, yeah, he was showing it off to his buddies. Oh, okay, I, well, uh, pass him through. Um, okay. Keith? Keith, can you hear me, Keith? Bill? Yeah. Hi, Keith Longhall, Maine Public Radio. Hi, Keith. I'm down here at Brian Baru's. I was calling in my story to the station when I heard about the accident in the harbor. My director said that your live show was interrupted so an emergency broadcast could be issued. Yeah, that's right, Keith. <laughs> well, as I was talking to my director, I, I looked across the bar, and there's a fisherman sitting at the bar, holding one of the canisters from the accident. Oh, my God. And he's showing it off to his drinking buddies. You know, she's tossing it up in the air and what? banging it on the bar. But let me see if I can get him to talk with me on the air. And talk about stumbling into a story. Yeah. Well, hold on, Bill. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. I'm Keith Longhall with Maine Public Radio. I was yeah. wondering if you might have a moment to talk with our Maine listeners about that canister you found. You know, sir, the authorities are desperately looking for these canisters. They're considered extremely dangerous. May I ask your name? Uh, uh, my name's Joe Foy. I'm lobsterman down here. I found this thing floating by one of my skiffs. <laughs> Brought it down here to show boys. Don't wait about it. Said she heard about these things on the wireless. Say she was listening in on some radio show, and the mayor came on spouting about some accident. Don't know why she listens to that radio so much. Just a bunch of liberals being after <laughs> Mr. Floyd, <laughs> you're supposed to turn the canister over to the Portland police. Oh, don't get your ankles up, boy. I'll turn her in by and by. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, tell him not to drop that blasted thing. Mr. Foy, the police are on their way. Please be careful with that. Don't press the blue lights. I'm sorry, what did you say? My, my phone's on the no, fridge. Uh, don't. Press the blue light. No, don't press the blue press lights. The blue do light. not no, press the blue do light. Do not. No, no, don't, don't press, press, the press the blue light. light. Don't press the blue light. No. Here we go. Oh, my God. No, no, Keith, tell him. No. What? Uh, Keith. No, Keith, get it. Keith, get away. Get away from the smoke. The other thing is surrounded by mist. He can't hear us. The man that opened it, Mr. Foy, has doubled over and. Oh God. God. His face is. His face is turning. Oh my God. God. The other people around the bar are mutating. It was like demons. Horrible. One of them just started eating. Oh. No. They see me. No. Stay back. Get out of there. Keith, 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 can you hear me? Get it. Get out of the bar! Touch my neck! Not my leg! It's my friend's mother! No! Keith? Keith, are you there? What? Oh my god. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it, it appears as if. Keith Longall of Maine Public Radio has just been been eaten by zombies. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have an exposure at Brian Baru's on Santa Street in the Old Port. If anyone is within a thousand foot radius of the pub, evacuate your apartments and proceed to the top of Munjoy Hill immediately. St. Lawrence and the fire station will be able to accommodate a number of you. Access to the Eastern Promenade will not be available. Army is encamped there, and we'll be providing supplies and instructions to ensure your safety. Oh my God, it's begun. 
the beginning of the end. I have something rather important I have to do. God forgive me, for I've unleashed the beast upon this world. I'm I'm damned for what I've done. Please. I really must Where's it going? Dr. Duffy. It appears as if Dr. Whitaker has fled from the studio with pressing business to Deborah Duffy again. Dr. Whitaker has just shot himself. I repeat, Dr. Whitaker has just shot himself. Got it. No, no. I I repeat, shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. I'll be on site in five. Blue Eagle one out. All right. All right. Listen up, people. This radio station has officially become a military communications outpost. What? We are in a state of martial law and the army is in control of the city. I've been called to man operations at the observatory on Munjoy Hill. Dufresne? What, yeah? You're the point person until a replacement arrives to take over. You got it? What? Me? I, I, I'm an actor. I was supposed oh, to be doing my radio show. Dupree. So you're an actor. Big deal. An actor ran this country for eight years. You think you can step up to the plate? Yes or no? Time's running out. Well, uh, oh, get a spine, man. Yes or no? Well, yeah, yes, I, well, I guess. Done. I'm on my way to Munjoy Hill. The exposure from Brian Beruse is spread up there. You stay here and report to the citizens of Portland. Let the TV station broadcast a live feed from here and you handle a radio into things. Okay. We want as many people to see and hear what's going on concerning this outbreak. Right, right. Like it or not, you're about to be famous, kid. Great. Well, this is not what I really had in mind. I was hoping for another cartoon series. Oh, focus to freeze. Okay, yeah. I'll be phoning in reports in the field. Keep a specific line open just for me. You got it? Okay, I got it. Bill. Yo, yeah, Jimmy? I got a call from a guy trapped in his car on Congress Street. What? He says the place is crawling with zombies. Okay, okay, uh, put him through. Get a camera on that window, Harry. See if you can get some film on that. You got it, boss. Bill. Yeah. I uh, just called Portland Fire and Rescue. They're on the way. uh The captain said they'll try to hose them off his vehicle. Okay. Caller, are you there? Hello? Is anyone there? Uh, Yes, I'm here, sir. Um, uh, Where are you? Um, I'm in a black SUV Uh on Congress Street, right outside Subway. Okay, okay, uh, just just try to stay calm, sir. We, we've called the Portland Fire and Rescue. Okay, I, we can, I, yeah, I can see their lights coming from the western end of Congress Street up by the main College of Art. Do you see them? Yeah, I see them. Please hurry. They're right behind you, sir. Did, oh, no. No, no, what? Oh, God, the firemen have stopped. They, they don't see the mutants behind them. Turn around! Turn around! Oh, my God, they've taken over the fire truck. They're dragging the men off of this. Schooner Bay suits, made in Maine. What's going on? Jimmy! Jimmy! Schooner Bay suits will make any man of Jimmy, what are you doing? Take this off! Stand out in a crowd. Gentlemen. Jimmy, what the hell? You turn the commercial off, for God's sake! Get the suit by Schooner Bay. With stores located in Bangor. Jimmy! Turn the commercial off! Schooner. Shoot. Sorry, Bill. I hit the wrong button. I got confused. Thanks for Kenny. Yeah, okay, okay, Jimmy. Don't worry, don't worry. It's all right. It's all right. Shush, shush. Okay, uh... This is Bill DeFries reporting live from Two Monument Square in Portland, Maine. For those of you just tuning in, we have just witnessed the tragic consumption of several members of the Portland Fire Department by mutant zombies as they attempted to rescue a caller trapped in his automobile on Congress Street. We are in the middle of a biological nightmare created as a result of a maritime accident in Portland Harbor. 
Please be advised that exposure to this deadly mutating virus can and will transform anyone into mutating cannibalistic zombies, which are now roaming the streets of the city reportedly in packs. These packs appear to be growing larger by the minute. Now, from our studios, we can see small fires burning throughout the city. Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jimmy? I've got Colonel Dixville on line one. Oh, okay, uh, patch him through. Okay. Colonel, Colonel, are you there? It's Bill DeFreeze. I know it's you, DeFreeze. Uh, I called you for God's yeah, sake. Right. Okay. Listen up. Uh-huh. We've recovered eight of the 15 canisters. We found six opening. One is still missing. These zombies are taking over the city. The only way to kill them is with a clean headshot. That's it. I got several platoons roaming the city with instructions to shoot to kill. Several of our men have been exposed. Oh I just my had to God. kill my lieutenant. What? Knew him for ten years. I mean, this is bad. Real bad. Kid. What should we do, Colonel? Pray, son. Blue Eagle up. Bill. Yeah, Jimmy. I've got Kyle Cavanaugh from Channel 8 reporting from the field. Right. He says he went up to Main Med for a story after Dr. Whitaker shot him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's because he got out of here. He's up there now at the hospital reporting from a news van. You want his audio? Yeah. No, no, okay, he's, he's broadcasting video and audio live. Okay, thanks, Jimmy. Okay. Kyle? Kyle Cavanaugh? Uh, are we on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. J- just uh, let it roll, will you, please? Uh, uh, this is Kyle Cavanaugh reporting live from Maine Medical Center. I- I've just spoken with Sergeant Powell of the Portland Police. He has informed me that the zombies have taken over Maine Med. The police seem to think that the creatures were attracted to the morgue and to the, uh, the blood bank. We can see some hospital staff uh, that are stranded on the roof. The zombies appear to be moving floor to floor in a, in a feeding frenzy. Of, uh, people are being driven upward toward the roof in an attempt to escape. Oh uh, a helicopter is reportedly on the way to airlift the survivors from the roof. Uh, wait a minute, here, here comes one now. Uh, they, they better hurry because it looks like the zombies are on the last floor of the hospital, almost uh, to the roof. How many are on the roof, Kyle? I, I see seven. Uh, okay, the chopper is closing in and... Uh, Great, great, it's on the roof. Three, four, five, six. Six are in the chopper. Hold on. Oh, oh the pilot is waving off the last person. A, a young nurse, she's pleading with the pilot to let her on. Oh, oh, no, no. A zombie has just broken through the roof door. He, he's lumbering towards the nurse. Oh, my God, the pilot's going to leave her. He's trying to take off. The woman is grabbed onto the landing rug of the helicopter. The zombie has her by the leg. Oh, my God. The is, uh, it's still climbing, what? but now it's leaning dangerously to its side. Oh, no. One of the rotors has caught a power line. Oh, oh dear God, the helicopter is crashing. It's crashing on the roof. God have mercy. The helicopter has burst into flames. Oh, the inhumanity of it all. It's sliding down the face of the hospital. This is the worst sight this reporter has ever witnessed. Are there any survivors, Kyle? No, no, I, I see none. Just the charred remains of the bodies. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's moving in the in the flames. Good, good, oh, good Lord. The zombie! It's what? the zombie! It's still alive! What? What the... What? Kyle, Kyle, what what was that thumb? I don't know. Hold on. I'm moving to the back of the uh, van. Uh, Oh, no, no. They're all around the van. We're we're surrounded. Kyle, can you you drive away? No, no, no. Please, oh, my God. Kyle, drive away. Oh, my goodness. Kyle? Kyle? Ladies and gentlemen, it appears as if we've... Lost Kyle Kavanaugh.
to the growing swarm of zombies that are attacking the city. Bill. Yeah? All the TV stations are down. What? We're it. Uh, folks, uh, I've just been informed that all the television feeds have been lost. It seems that we are the only means of communication with the outside world. Stay tuned to your radio, MPR 90.1 FM. Uh, I'm afraid I don't know the other call letters and frequencies. Uh, uh, Mayor, M Mayor Stark. Um, yes. Uh, well, c could you come up here? Um, do you do you have any words of encouragement for the people of Portland for uh, for those that may be left among the living? Um, um I. I'm very confused. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, what, Mayor, Mayor, I, are you are you all right? Uh, you you seem a, a little peaked. I just want to lay down. Yes. May I lay down, Willie? Um, I really don't. Okay. I yes, think here, I, here, here, come here. Come here. I want to lay down, Willie. Mayor is Bill. Uh, please don't call me Willie. Um, Jimmy, I'm, I'm sending the mayor to the booth. Um, could you just look after her? I, I, um, I, uh, I don't think she's with us anymore. Just, uh, just, just get her a glass of water or something and... Um, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't think uh, the mayor has any advice for us. Bill, yes, Jimmy? Line one, it's for Ms. Breyer. Oh, uh, right, just a second. Uh, it's uh, for you, Ms. Breyer. Uh, if you want to come up to the microphone. Oh. Uh, hello? Uh, this is White House Secret Service. Put Breyer on the line. Yeah. Breyer here. This is Reynolds, Secret Service. The bird flies against the wind. But the wind is strong. A shadow falls. As shadows tend to do at high noon. You're clear. Security confirmed. Prior to the president's been evacuated from his Kennebunk Ford State, and what? I don't have to reiterate what? the situation to you. It's critical. Understood. The president's at an unknown location at the moment. <sighs> unknown? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, we're not sure where he is. He kind of, uh, well, high-tailed it out of town, I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> high-tailed it out of town? You're kidding. You mean to tell me that the President of the United States is missing? Hiding? And the Secret Service has no idea where he is? Affirmative. <laughs> Reynolds out. Oh no! Look out the window! Oh, the old port is on fire! Oh, oh my god, Starbucks is just a smoking pit! And the observatory up on the hill is in flames! De Deborah, come here! Deborah, look at this! Dr. Whitaker was right. A vision of hell. They're coming this way, aren't they? Sure looks like it. Okay, uh, if there's anyone that can hear my voice, please call us here at the station. Is there anyone out there? Please, just just call us now. Anyone. Most of the phones are out, Bill. It doesn't look like there's a lot of us left. We may be the only survivors because of our location. What? Line one is hot. Okay, hello?
Hello? What? Who's this? Who is this? Tell me who you are. Me, Kyle Cavanaugh. I know where you are, Dupree. And I'm coming to tear your heart out and eat it in front of you. Kyle Cavanaugh, I thought you were dead. I, 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 we all heard you die live on the air. Can you win but I'm alive also, both alive and dead. You should be really dead if I speak glorious. You know who said that, Willie Dupree? No, I don't, and stop calling me Willie. God, I hate that. Ah, you call yourself a movie buff, Dupree. Dracula, Dracula, and that. He was one of the undead, as I am. And as you soon will be, Dupree. <laughs> Is there anyone out there? Anyone? Please? Bill! Huh? Look out the window! What? We're surrounded. They're all along Congress Street and they filled up Monument Square. Oh Look, some have torches! Oh no! That's Kavanaugh! What? He's being driven up Congress Street in an army jeep! He's holding Colonel Dixville's head oh under his arm. No. Oh, now that's disgusting. He's he's scooping out the Colonel's brains oh, from the top of his skull and God, no. eating them. He's looking right at me, eating and smiling. God, Bill, I'm scared. Okay, we're all scared, Ted. J just get away from the window. Okay, now everybody think, think. Um, we need to think, think. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, are, are the doors locked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Briar, you have a gun, right? I have a nine millimeter on me. Good, good. Okay, where, where's the gun that Whitaker used to kill himself with? I've got it, Bill. You do? Okay. Um, uh, where's the mayor? She's on the couch in the hall, by the elevators. Okay, good. Uh, okay, uh, um, it looks like Kavanaugh is the leader for some reason. Uh, maybe if we kill him, they'll have no one to follow and take directions from. Maybe they'll move on and leave us alone. I don't know, Bill. Uh, we may be the only ones left. I mean, we may be their dessert. You know what I mean. Okay, positive thinking, Jimmy, please. I was a marksman at the academy. Maybe I can take him out with a clean headshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A 9mm isn't the most accurate gun at a distance, though. Maybe I can get lucky. Okay, it's worth a try. Do, do it, Briar. You got it. Okay. Okay, shoot him! They're too high! I can't get a clean shot off! They're in! What? Oh no! They're in the building! Okay, Jimmy, Jimmy, just, just go push the emergency buttons on the elevators! Okay, okay. That'll, that'll slow him down a little. And get the mayor while you're at it! Right. I'll go down the hall! See if I can get a couple more shots off on Capitol! Okay, okay, good! Whoa, whoa, what the? Yeah. I smell smoke! Uh, Oh my god, they started the building on fire. They're, they're trying to burn us out. Uh, Bill, the mayor won't get off the couch. What? I told her the zombies are coming, but she didn't hear me. She just looked away through me. <laughs> what? Oh my god, they've got her. They've got the mayor. I can see from the safety glass. They're dragging her down the stairwell. Oh, you... oh my god. What's that awful smell? I, I think it's burning. Oh. The fire isn't stopping the zombies. Look, the three floors below us. Oh God! Oh, what was that? Was that Briar? They've got her. What? They've got Briar. Come on. Oh, no. Briar! Dangling out the window. What? No! No! Stop! Let her go. Kavanaugh's got her. What? 
Oh, he's just plunged his hand into Briar's chest. He's, he's pulling something. It's, it's her heart. Oh. He's got her heart oh. and he's, he's eating it. He's in. Why? Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh just came in the building. What? There's smoke coming in, Bill. Oh, they're here. Oh, no, they made another stairwell. Bill, I can see it to the lobby. Oh, no. One of the elevators is on the way up. Okay, Kavanaugh, this is Kavanaugh. Okay, everybody, get ready. This is going to be it. They're in. They're in the studio. Use your gun, Jimmy. Headshot, remember? It's no use. They keep coming. Don't you see? Don't you see you freeze? I've come to take you home, home to where the soul never dies, yet never lives. I am your new creator, do freeze. All will bow to me and me alone, for I am the angel of life and the angel of death, do freeze. I have come to take you home, my child. No, please. No, no, please. Um, Stay away from me. Um, child. Stay away from me. No, no, no. Mr. Kai. No. No. The horror of Walker Point featured the voices of Eileen Avery, Paul Drynan, William Dufries, Claudia Hughes, David Legraff, Christine Marshall, Dave Marshall, Thomas Power, Christopher Price, and Keith Shortall. The cremation of Sam McGee was narrated by William Dufries. I am Sally Walker-Taylor. The Horror of Walker Point was written by Anthony Marino and The Cremation of Sam McGee by Robert W. Service. Direction and sound design by William Dufries with Anthony Marino. Recorded at Mind's Eye Productions, Maine. Midnight Matinees comes to you from Pocket Universe Productions. And with that, the theatre is closed. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.